We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. IB Nation, welcome back to another edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. It is Thursday, January 11th, and wow, what a crazy 24 hours in the football world. Lots to talk about today. In this midweek rundown, we will have a mailbag. I will try to get to some of the questions that get brought up during the show. So if you want to put one up during the show, I will try to get to it, but I can't promise that I'm going to be able to. Obviously, Super Chats are easy to see and get to. But I know y'all have a lot to discuss today, and we're going to talk about some several topics today. Number one, we're going to talk about the report last night that Marcus Freeman was a candidate for the head coaching job at Alabama. I'm going to discuss that from both sides, from the Marcus Freeman side and from the Bama side, and just some of my frustration with the manner in which that was presented. Then I'm going to dive into just an overview of the Notre Dame portal class. I do believe Notre Dame is in a position right now where they are – I don't say done with the portal, but most likely they're going to be done with the portal for at least for now. There, there always could be some things that pop up, especially with, you know, coaches leaving. Basically, the way it works is even though the portal window is closed right now, if a head coach leaves, players have a window where they can jump in the portal. So if a kid from Alabama that wasn't planning on leaving wants to leave now, he can jump in the portal. And then obviously how things go with whoever replaces Nick Saban at Alabama uh, we'll, we'll be part of that too. So there could be something like that come up, but I think as of right now, the portal is for Notre Dame is is pretty much quieted down, most likely until after the spring. And as of right now, Notre Dame has ninety scholarship players right now on the team. So there's going to be some players that uh, are going to have to leave. It's going to be an interesting period. I'm going to talk about just the success that Notre Dame's had in the portal. I, I got to tell you guys, it's not a sexy portal class, but I love this portal class for Notre Dame. I'm going to dive into that. We're going to do more of a thorough sort of an X's and O's and overall big impact, you know, uh, just a, a big impact of, of what it means for the roster and, and breaking down the games and all those type of stuff on the, on at ours breakdown, probably next week, Ryan and I are going to do something like that. So that, that'll be a fun show uh, for us to do. But today I'm going to talk about just the overall portal class, what it means for Notre Dame what Notre Dame is adding to the roster with what they've done in the portal class and just 
throw some love at the Notre Dame recruiting staff today because they are absolutely on fire. Absolutely love what they're doing. And then at the end, I'm going to talk about this, the shakeup of, of the college football world and, and what's going on just in general in football, period. I mean, in one 24-hour period, Nick Saban, Pete Carroll, and Bill Belichick are all gone. I mean, it just it's it's crazy just how quickly that all happened. Just three legends, three Hall of Famers, just just gone for different reasons. And so we'll we'll, we'll dive into that and and what it means for Notre Dame. And there's rumors. There's all types of rumors out there. I mean, I've told you all, you know, ninety some percent of those rumors are usually just BS. And a lot of times, what what happens now, especially now that Twitter has turned into a thing where you can sign up to, you know, be monetized and there's incentive to say some outlandish thing that creates a ton of engagement. If I paid for that and I don't, I could go out there right now and say, you know, Hey, I'm hearing that such and such is a candidate for this. And then it's going to, some people are going to be pissed and some are going to be happy, but it's going to create a ton of engagement and I make money, even though it's total BS and made up. You see, you're going to see a lot more of these things coming out that are just total BS and rumors or people saying, Hey, this is what I would want to happen. And, and then, and brandishing it is if it's almost like, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a real list. And that's what I think happened with Marcus Freeman yesterday, which I'll get into a little bit, but more so like, what does all this mean for Notre Dame? I mean, you're having a major shakeup this next several months. You're having one big time head coaches leaving. There could be some others. We're going to get into just the window that's opening up for Notre Dame. And when you look at the idea of the, the, the conference realignment coaches leaving the, the overall discontent that exists right now amongst some college football coaches that could chase some of them off the NF, to the NFL. What does that mean? All types of different things that, that, that are going to impact that. That'll be in segment three. And then I will get to a mailbag as best I can. I only have nine questions starred right now. There haven't been a lot of, of um, you know, a, a, a lot of questions so far. But if you try to get some out there, I will do my best to get to them uh, absolutely as we dive into the show. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Adidas. 
So let's dive into topic number one, since that's what a lot of people are talking about. And that is the the report. It wasn't really a report by Pete Thamel last night that Notre Dame head coach Marcus Freeman was one of the candidates for the head coaching job at, or should, should one of the targets for the head coaching job at the University of Alabama, which obviously came open because Nick Saban announced his retirement. And I'm going to um, bring up the tweet that Pete Thamel wrote last night because I'll be honest with you. I was a little ticked by it, to be completely honest with you guys last night. And I think it was it was a little bit irresponsible, um, the way that he put that out. So I- I'm going to pull up the original tweet by, by Pete Thamel and read it, and I'll tell you why I have a problem with it. And then I'll, I'll give you insight into – you know, what's really going on and those type of things. So Pete Camel's Pete Thamel's tweet last night basically was referring to, this is right after Nick Saban was announced that he was leaving within an hour. He said, here's a quick projected target list. Dan Lanning, Kalen DeBoer, Dabo Swinney, James Franklin, Mike Norvell, and Marcus Freeman. All come with complications and big buyouts as it's difficult to move entrenched coaches. And the, the manner in which that this was reported, you look, I was talking to somebody at Notre Dame and within – minutes of that report coming out recruits are texting people at Notre Dame asking if this is true or not and so to me the manner in which he wrote that tweet was as if this is fact Freeman's a candidate and and I and I believe it to be I don't say irresponsible but the, the manner in which he the manner in which he wrote it to me was very misleading in my opinion and and it to me it reads as if this is kind of you know who he thinks they're going to to to, to go after, uh, as opposed to who he's hearing that Bama's going after. I mean, you saw something last night from the AD at Alabama, basically saying, if you hear something from anybody other than me, it's not true. And and what I've been told by people uh, that have knowledge of the situation will, will show me that that list is just kind of more so him throwing darts, or or you know, or the other thing that happens here too is you have agents. That's where a lot of these guys get information is from agents. And, hey, you scratch my back, you know, put my guy's name out there, and, you know, I'll give you information down the road. Because then, as an agent, I can use that and say, hey, look, you know, Bama's coming after my guy. What are you guys going to do to to keep him happy or to keep him here and those type of things? And I just, I don't, um, you know, I, I don't think that's the case. And I'll say something else, too. From what I know of Marcus Freeman's agent, I don't know him personally. I've never spoken to him. But from what I've heard about him, I don't believe that him and Marcus are in a position right now where they feel the need to go out there and use that to create any kind of leverage at Notre Dame. Because right now, Notre Dame is giving Marcus Freeman just about everything he wants. So if you if you do what Brian Kelly's agent used to always do, and is doing now, because you know this stuff about, I mean, you, we don't know, but just on on history, the whole, you know, Mark Brian Kelly to Michigan thing if Jim Harbaugh leaves, I've I, I'd be willing to bet you serious bucks that that was Trace Armstrong doing what Trace Armstrong's been doing for Brian Kelly since back in 2012, which is just floating stuff to try to allow Kelly to use it for more leverage with the school he's at or to let people know like, hey, I'm 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 here to be taken. I don't like where I'm at. I'm here to be taken if you're willing to come get me. And that's what that's been Brian Kelly's MO for a very, very long time. I don't believe Marcus Freeman is in is in that desire. I mean, this isn't the first time we've heard a report come up. I had somebody who who I respect a great deal 
in the in the media profession, a, a writer for a long time, has some very good connections. Who called me and told me so well? I mean, this was before. This is before the I believe before the Wake Forest game. He called and told me and said, Brian, I know for a fact that Marcus Freeman interviewed for the Texas A&M job. And I said, okay, I don't, I don't believe that to be true, but you know, I, I trust you. And so I'm going to go, I'm going to go dig into this. And I talked to several sources at Notre Dame and it was denied by everybody. And, 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 and I'll say this. And, and the reason I believe the denials is because once Mike Elko was announced as the head coach, there was there was merit to Notre Dame leaking that Marcus Freeman was pursued by Texas A&M. There's merit to that. There's merit to Marcus Freeman leaking that he was pursued by Texas A&M for the reasons we talked about, which is, hey, you know, these big time schools are throwing all this money at me. I want to make sure that you guys are committed to doing what you need to do to keep me here. And and so it was denied the entire time to the point it wasn't even like, no, nah, man, no, nah, man. Nah. It was like, dude, that is flat out untrue. There's no truth to that. You can call this person, this person, this person, this person. These are the people that would know there's no truth to it. You know, I, I'm not interested in that job. They didn't I didn't interview for that job. There was nothing like that going on. And so but I had someone who I respect in the media just tell me flat out he knows for a fact it happened. I don't believe it happened. I don't believe Marcus Freeman is interested in that job. I don't think Marcus Freeman uh, was was someone who Texas A&M heavily considered for that job if they considered him at all. And and if they did, I promise you we would have heard something more definitive after Mike Elko was hired about uh, you know about that position. So this isn't the first time that Marcus name and Marcus Freeman's name is getting thrown around in a situation where I don't believe there's any merit to him looking or him necessarily being a top target for other people. And, and there's several reasons why. Number one is, I, I, I'll say this. I, I, I've, I've been doing this a long time. And I've talked to, over the years, a lot of coaches and agents and people that, that are part of these processes, boosters and all that kind of stuff. And the games that get played with these type of things, it, it just, it, it's kind of ridiculous. That's why I always tell you guys so much over the years, like guys don't pay any attention to this stuff you're seeing on Twitter. You you'll know when real names are being thrown out there. And, and, and when you look at Marcus Freeman, a lot of times you'll hear, Hey, this guy's interested, but there's conversations, but you know, whatever. And with Marcus Freeman, honestly, guys, I've heard so many different rumors about NFL teams or this college or that college. And every time I talk to anyone with any credibility at all on the Notre Dame side, it's always denied. And whenever I talk to someone that's close to Marcus Freeman, it's always denied. And the answer's always the same. You guys don't understand how serious Marcus Freeman is about building up Notre Dame. You, you don't you don't understand how serious he is about this. You don't. I mean, the guy converted to Catholicism, right? When he came to Notre Dame, like you guys don't understand how serious he is about doing something here that hasn't been done in a long time about building a championship team here. He doesn't have time to be thinking about using A&M as leverage or talking to his agent about doing this or doing that or whatever the case may be, because he also understands that the more his name is leaked out there or linked to other jobs, the greater uncertainty that exists in his universe of his team and recruits about whether or not he's truly committed to Notre Dame. And that's why you see a lot of pushback from Notre Dame people 
whenever we do reach out about this rumor or that rumor. And there's been a lot of rumors about Marcus Freeman. Because he doesn't want his name associated with these things. Like I talked to him last night. You think he'll put a statement out? And he was like, why would I put it? Why would he put a statement out? Like, there's nothing to deny. He's not looking at, he's not interested in the job. And, and so, you know, when you look at what Dan Lanning did, or Dan Lanning did put out a statement, that's because Dan Lanning was pursued. I was told last night by somebody to know that Dan Lanning was the likely guy. He was the target. Dan Lanning ultimately turned it down. Bama would have done the buyout from what I'm told if he was interested, but he, he, he likes where he's at. And so he needed to put a statement out because there were legitimate, okay, he was, people thought he was going to take the job last night. And then there's some things I'm hearing today about, about, about Steve Sarkeesian and whether or not he would take the job and that he is someone that they want to have. And now, you know, who knows now? I saw somebody report something that Mike Norvell's the top candidate now. And, and you know, I, I, I don't know how much truth there is to that, but, you know, because there's just a, there's a lot of clickbait stuff out there, to be honest with you, uh, going around about, about who this is going to be. And people are going to take these, these you know, quote-unquote reports and use them to, to write as many articles as they can to get a million clicks on them and, and trying to convince people that, hey, I'm, I'm you know, this is a candidate or whatever the case may be. And there's a lot of agents looking to use these things to get more money for their, for their, uh, their clients. I don't believe Marcus Freeman is interested in that right now, based on everything I've talked to. And, and I don't think there's anything wrong with it. If he did, I mean, that's, that's part of the deal, right? Part of the deal is when you have opportunities to, to get to, for leverage, it's a business, you use them. And sometimes it's, it's not even about, Hey, I want more money, but Hey, you know what? One thing you can convince me to stay is giving me a you know three four million dollars extra for the my coaching assistance pool, allowing me to expand my my non on field coaching by a couple million dollars. Those are the things that a guy like Marcus Freeman is going to be advocating for, you know. So to so to me, um, you know, I I look at it and say this: it's like when you are focused on a job and it's truly where you want to be, you're not going to want all that other noise. If you're at a place and you're not truly bought into that place, then you're always going to be linked to these other jobs. And that's Brian Kelly. That was Brian Kelly at Cincinnati, which is fine. I mean, he there, he should have gone on. It, but it was for him. I mean, the Eagles in 2012, we heard rumblings in 2013, 2015, 2016. He was begging, his agent was begging to get him out of Notre Dame. And then, you know, 2017, 20, I mean, we just have always heard, there's a reason his name was always linked to other jobs because he wanted out. He didn't like it at Notre Dame. And then, you know, you see it at LSU now. We're, we're hearing already about Brian Kelly in Michigan. And if, if the Michigan job comes open, you know, Brian Kelly's going to be a strong candidate. I, I, I doubt that that came from the Michigan side because we only ever heard it from LSU reporters. We didn't hear it from Michigan reporters. Why? Because that was coming from some people at LSU, and I believe I, believe I know who that is. So I, Marcus Freeman right now is committed to Notre Dame. I, I'm look, there's no definitives. There's no definites. There's no absolutes. There's no 100% in this business. But that's one of the things I'm most certain of when it comes to when you hear his name mentioned. And, and of course, as soon as it's mentioned, I get 20 DMs and 20 text messages, and there's eight posts on the message board about Marcus Freeman and the panic that set in for, you know, potentially losing Marcus Freeman, which I certainly understand. And so when I look at when I look at Marcus Freeman, I just think there's a buy-in at Notre Dame. I don't 
I don't think people understand two things about Marcus Freeman, and that is his commitment to to winning at Notre Dame. Because I do believe Marcus Freeman understands that. And I was talking with a, a guy I know last night, and and he's uh, works at an SEC school, and and we were talking like what, what people don't understand is, and he agreed with me on this. You win one title at Notre Dame, it's like equal to four or three anywhere else. I mean, Lou Holtz won one national title, and we act we we treat him like Bama fans treat Nick Saban, and I'm okay with that. I love Lou Holtz. You know, Newt Rockney won what? I mean, or excuse me, Frank Leahy won like what four national titles? Newt Rockney won. Let me let me pull up Newt's number because if I say it wrong, I'm going to feel like an idiot. So let me make sure I get his number correctly. Yeah, he won three national titles. And those are a long time ago. You know, Era won two. Dan Devine won one. He's got a statue built. Lou won one. He's got a statue built. Especially nowadays when there's this perception that Notre Dame can't win anymore. That That's a new phenomenon. That's a, that's a last 15, 20 years phenomenon, this notion that Notre Dame can't win in the modern landscape of college athletics. And I just, I think there was a time when that was true. There was a time when the administration really didn't have interest in winning, and this was before Father Jenkins and, and way before Jack Swarbrick, where I think they had kind of relegated themselves to we're just going to be a, a good football team, and as long as we go 9-3 and three every year, we're going to win. I don't believe that's something Jack Swarbrick was ever truly interested in, It's and it's certainly some not something that Marcus Freeman is interested in. You can win at Notre Dame. Is it harder? Sure, you can, But and Marcus Freeman knows it's harder. But there's a buy-in with him that I have heard from every source that I have, there has been no wavering on that. And, and almost to the point where like, sometimes you'll ask questions and, and you almost kind of get a chuckle. Like, of course not. Like, I don't, I don't think you understand how bought in he is to this. There's another aspect of this too, you know, about, you know, where he's from, he's a Northern guy. His wife didn't want to go to LSU and, and wanted to go to Notre Dame and, and, and LSU, you know, there's rumors they offered more money. Notre Dame eventually make get off, you know, offered more whatever but they offered him a lot of money and and he wasn't willing to take it because he wanted to interview at Notre Dame because he preferred to stay in the north and that's a factor in this whole thing too when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping Kroger where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over $600 each week you can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time Kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So I, I truly believe that that Marcus Freeman is is not interested in other jobs. Doesn't mean teams won't pursue him. Doesn't mean like I know the the big panic one from Notre Dame fans is if, if Ryan Day leaves, you know, Marcus is as good as gone. I, I don't believe that to be true. Part of it, the, the timing of it will, will matter, but I, I just truly don't believe that to be true. 
I think Marcus Freeman understands what, what he can accomplish here and what it means to accomplish it here. And I think he's completely bought into that. I, I truly do. The other part of it is, why would Alabama pursue Marcus Freeman? I think Marcus Freeman's doing some excellent things at Notre Dame. I do. I think he's done a tremendous job in certain areas, and, and in other areas he's still learning as a coach, which we talked about in shows this week. But if you're Alabama and you're looking around the country, if we're going to be honest, why, why would Marcus Freeman be one of your top five to six candidates? That that also doesn't make sense. Uh, I, I think there's maybe reasons why cert, why his name was thrown into the mix. I think there are certain social reasons why some people feel the need to throw certain coaches into the conversations. But the fact of the matter is, is, is Marcus Freeman's 19 and seven in the last two years. He's gone nine and four and 10 and three. He's finished 18th and 14th in the top 25. That doesn't scream Alabama resume. Now, do I think Marcus Freeman could win at Alabama? I think Marcus Freeman can win anywhere. I do. I think he's got the chops to win anywhere. He's got to prove it. Certainly has to prove it. But I have zero doubt that Marcus Freeman is going to win at Notre Dame. I have zero doubt that Marcus Freeman could win at Alabama if he wanted to. I have no doubt he could win at Clemson or USC or Oklahoma or Texas if he wanted to. I have no doubt about that because of his ability to recruit, the things he believes in, in a football program, for the most part, are things that you need to be as a champion, uh, to be a champion. Can he get the, all those things implemented? Still a, a wait-and-see type of situation. And that's exactly where I'm at. Like, if you want to take a chance on a really good recruiter, go get James Franklin. If that's, if that's your objective, go get James Franklin. James Franklin has a much longer track record. You kind of know who he is. We've seen what he can be. I just don't see why Marcus Freeman would be a candidate but for Alabama. Um, I think that anyone that's smart and is truly in the game would be smart to at least consider him if there's any kind of initial conversations of putting a list together because I do think people see his potential. You know, Nick Saban, from what I'm told, is going to have a say in what's going on here. He's probably like, you know, Notre Dame's become a lot harder to beat in recent years than they were before uh, on the recruiting trail. I'm referring to. So, you know, those are those are things that are you're going to have conversations about. And so I just don't think this is anything for Notre Dame fans to worry about. And, and it won't be the last time. I promise you it's not going to be the last time that Marcus Freeman's name is being thrown around as a candidate for a head coaching job. It's not the first time I've heard this rumors about him this offseason. And next year, and if he as he wins more and more and more, you're going to hear his name thrown around more and more and more and more. And I'll tell you when you can start worrying about Marcus Freeman leaving Notre Dame. There's two things that could happen, in my opinion, that could cause Marcus Freeman to leave Notre Dame. Number one, he wins. If Marcus Freeman wins a national championship in Notre Dame, I could see a situation where he has a decision to make. I either try to win again at Notre Dame, and depending on the circumstance of his program, you know, like if there's a certain job comes open, an NFL job, whatever, he's won a title. He's losing a lot of kids. There's things going on where maybe there's a downward trajectory. I could see him leaving in that situation. Or he could just say, hey, I've climbed to the mountaintop here. I'm ready for the next challenge, whether it's NFL or whatever the case may be. I could see something along those lines, especially since, you know, he didn't have a chance to really make it in the NFL as a player because of injuries. You know, there could be something maybe in the back. And this is 100% speculation, just so we're clear. So 100% Brian Driscoll's opinion. This isn't something I've heard from anyone I've talked to. You know, if he wins a championship at Notre Dame, I could see like, hey, you know, I, I played for championships in college as a player. You know, I was at a great program. I, I went, you know, I, I'm, I've now won a championship as a coach. I've been on big stages as a coach. 
I, but I, I just never was able to make the NFL because of the injuries that happened. Or I think it was like a heart issue or something along those lines. And so I, I could say see something like that. Again, pure speculation, just knowing him as a competitor. But I could also see him saying, okay, we got one. Let's go get another one. The second scenario in which I would see Marcus Freeman leaving is if Notre Dame is no longer supporting Marcus Freeman. If no longer, if Notre Dame is no longer committed to winning a championship, to competing for a championship, to doing the things that are needed to compete, what does that mean? That does not mean lowering the academic standards. It doesn't mean, you know, okaying paying players to come here out of high school. It doesn't mean, you know, making things that I believe are not true to who Notre Dame is be true. I don't think that's that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about he keeps losing assistant coaches because Notre Dame won't pony up. Uh, Notre Dame's given the team ridiculously challenging schedules, and he has no say in it. Uh, Notre Dame's not doing what it needs to do to commit to facility upgrades that are, that are genuinely needed. You know they're not they're not working with them in the transfer portal, or as the as the landscape in college football changes, they're not willing to change with it as much as they can while staying true to who they are as an institution. So basically we've seen this happen in the past. We saw Lou Holtz had to, tr- had to battle against the administration a lot. You know, we saw, you know, the, during the Weiss era before Jack Swarbrick came along, I don't know that there was a, a huge appetite to really do what it takes to compete for championships. And Charlie, you know, fought a lot of those battles. Charlie fought a lot of the battles that then benefited Brian Kelly and Jack Swarbrick when they took over. So if you get to a situation where that's true, where Notre Dame's just not doing what it takes to be competitive, then I could see Marcus Freeman leaving. Here's the thing about that, though. Maybe a year ago, we could have said, well, maybe that's a little bit of a concern right now. But when you look at what's going on right now at Notre Dame and what they've done this offseason, there is no doubt that right now Notre Dame is doing a lot, a lot to help build up build up the Notre Dame football program a lot. You, you look at what they're doing with Mike Denbrock. He's going to be the most likely the highest paid offensive coordinator in college football. The financial commitments that were made, I still haven't gotten numbers, but I've been told, trust me, Notre Dame is paying top dollar to make this move happen. Not just with paying the assistant coach and Lauren Landau, uh, but also you know the facility upgrades and the staff upgrades they've promised to make. This isn't just about we're going to pay Lauren Lando X amount of dollars, and that's our commitment. That, that's not what this is about. This is about our commitment to to um, uh, to, to Lauren Landau is about we're going to pay him, but we're going to expand the staff. We're going to we're going to upgrade facilities, all these type of things. Uh, there's a lot that's going into why the different ways that Notre Dame is being supportive of the football program right now. There's commitments coming to the Goog. That's going to, that's, I mean, next couple of years, you're probably going to see that start to happen. There is a lot going on right now with the NIL stuff, the NIL sphere. Notre Dame is as best as I think they can in most areas, not all, but most areas, is really stepping up to the plate and, and giving Marcus Freeman the support he needs. Was that always the case? Doesn't really matter. What I believe is, what I believe to be true based on, on a lot of my intel, a lot of my sources, thank you is that it is true now. And ultimately, that's what matters, is that it's true now. So the things that could happen to me that could force Marcus Freeman leaving Notre Dame are just not things that are just true right now. He hasn't won the way that I believe he truly wants to win at Notre Dame. Like, it's not just that I think Marcus Freeman wants to win a championship. 
I mean, all competitors do. I believe Marcus Freeman has a burning desire to win at Notre Dame. And that's why he and the people around him responded the way they did when the, the, the I believe, false rumors about Texas A&M started to come around. It's also why I didn't report on it at the time and haven't talked about it because I don't believe it was true. I'm making the point now uh, about it to simply point out, number one, the reaction to that was really interesting from people around him. And the way that they reacted to it was very interesting and in a good way if you're a Notre Dame fan. But it's also to point out to not believe a lot of the stuff that comes out just because a lot of it's just like I have a friend of mine who, who is uh, connected to some boosters in SEC school. And he was telling me a story about how the AD was telling you know all these people that they were going after this guy, this guy, and this guy. But in reality, none of those guys were candidates. He was going after this other guy. I don't know why he felt the need to lie to, to money people. I don't know what the deal was, but that's what he did. You, you see that stuff all the time, and that's why I was uh, glad that the AD at Alabama said, if you don't hear from me, it's not true. And that's why some of the stuff you're hearing, you're just like, well, I, I think there's some truth to that, but I'm not sure. I here, But here's what I know, man. Notre Dame's doing a lot, a lot right now to support Marcus Freeman. And, and Notre Dame is as close to being on that stage as they've been in a long time. Marcus Freeman knows it. People at Notre Dame know it. We all know it. Can he get them to that next step? I don't know. I, I really don't know. We'll find that out because we won't know until he gets there. But it's an exciting time to be at Notre Dame, and I think the head coach knows it. And look, when you look at how he has engaged this offseason, he is he is a man on a mission. And I'm trying to think of the, the – that's the best way I can say it without using coarse language or – but he has like – the things that have gone on this offseason – have not kind of taken that edge off of Marcus Freeman. It has not taken that I'm kind of ticked off thing away from him. He is still very much a man on a mission. He is not like, okay, well, I got this and this and this. I'm comfortable now. No, it's like, okay, we got this. Now let's go do this. Now let's go do this. Now let's create this thing. And a lot of it is culture-driven, which is something we talked about yesterday. So I'm, I'm very encouraged by things I've seen this offseason, not just from the Marcus Freeman, but also from – the Notre Dame administration. Look, we have complained for years, y'all, and rightfully so, because it was deserved that the University of Notre Dame put too many stumbling blocks in front of the program for them to be competitive. Then when you combine the self-inflicted stumbling blocks that were placed in front of the football program by the head football coach and other things within the football program by the previous staff, you, you just kind of felt you got to the, the point where it just was – you were reserved to the fact that Notre Dame was never really truly going to get there. They should have, they could have. That's what I always fought against, but they weren't going to because of decisions that were made on the academic financial side over here, but then also by the football side over here. I, this is the most unified I have seen the university of Notre Dame and a support system around a common objective as I've seen since I've really been involved with the team. I started covering the team on a daily basis in 2010. I started kind of being engaged with some things back in like 06 and 07 about where things were. I know a lot of people that were part of the Lou Holtz tenure. I know people that were part of the Thai tenure. And I'm just telling – I, I won't say who, but, you know, I a, a year ago, I had a discussion with someone who was at Notre Dame in the past who was basically like, yeah, they're not going to be able to afford to make this kind of move. And then a year later, that person obviously realizes that they are serious about making that kind of move. So there's just a 
you know, there, there's just, um, I, I'm just trying not to get too excited, but part of the reason that I'm more optimistic about Notre Dame winning is not just Notre Dame guys. It's not, it is this notion that they're actually doing what it takes finally. And in my opinion, knowing what I know about Marcus Freeman, there's no way that he's leaving or even thinking about leaving when all of this is going on. So that's why I want to I wanted to discuss that and get that out of there. It, this this probably won't be the last time we have heard a lot of rumblings about who the replacement is going to be for Nick Saban. I w- last night I was being told it was going to be Dan Lanning. This morning I'm being told it's going to be Steve Sarkeesian. Who's it going to be actually going to be? Is Sark going to take the job? Is he going to not take the job? You know, does he end up saying no and then they find somebody else? I, I don't know what's going on, right? But it's going to probably be a splashy hire. And when that happens, what does that mean for that next replacement? So let's just say hypothetically that Steve Sarkeesian takes the Alabama job, just for argument's sake. I don't know if he is or isn't. I do know that Bama wants him, but I don't. I don't know if he takes it. Okay, well, then the Texas job comes open. You're probably going to hear rumblings about Marcus. You're probably going to hear Marcus Freeman's name thrown out for that. Don't buy into it. You're Then let's say, Kalen, I'm sorry to do it to you, Detroit Hunter, but this is something I've heard. If Sark leaves, a top target for Texas is going to be Kalen DeBoer. Okay, well, you, you're probably going to hear something about Marcus Freeman thrown into that one as well. And then, you know, maybe it's not, maybe it's somebody else. I'm just, maybe Mike Norvell goes to Texas and then you're going to hear, or maybe Mike Norvell goes to Alabama. Then you're going to hear Marcus Freeman's name linked to Florida State. I'm just telling you, this is going to continue to happen. Don't buy it. And of course, we on our end will do our due diligence to find out if there's any truth to it. And if there is, we'll tell you. But I I truly believe from the bottom of my heart that that a big reason why Freeman's not really going to be a legitimate candidate on top of the fact that there are just other guys with more established resumes. I was having a discussion with somebody today and we were talking about the, the, the when Mark Freeman was hired, that he, he was under the impression or the belief that Marcus Freeman didn't get that, that Luke fickle didn't get the job because of the timing, because of the playoff, because this was in the playoff. And I told him, I said, look, I, I know that that's what was out there. But guys, you all, all the people that were on this channel, some of the people that were around at that time, you guys know, I said, I said at the time on the message board, that's not true. He's not, he's not the can, he's not the top candidate. Marcus Freeman is. There are some things that some questions that need to be answered about Marcus Freeman during the interview process. But I'm telling y'all, and I will hold true to this today, that going into that process, Marcus Freeman was the guy that Jack Swarbrick wanted to hire. He just needed to get some other people on board because of the lack of experience. But also, he needed to make sure through the process that Marcus Freeman was the right guy. And so he did his due diligence of talking to Luke Fickle and Dave Clawson and Matt Campbell and some other people that I've heard he reached out to because you have to do your due diligence when you're dealing with someone who's never been a coach before. But during the entire process, Marcus Freeman checked off all the boxes with Jack Swarbrick, and that's why that move was made. If Notre Dame wanted Luke Fickle, I promise you, I promise you, they would have waited till after the college football playoff for Luke Fickle. They would have sacrificed the recruiting class. They would have let Marcus Freeman walk to LSU or wherever else he would have gone. They would have waited on Luke Fickle. 
The reason Marcus Freeman is the head coach at Notre Dame is because that's who Jack Swarbrick wanted to hire. But you still live in this universe where people really believe that Luke Fickle was the leading candidate. I think that came more from Luke Fickle's side. But I'm just telling you, from the entire process, even to late in the year, I wrote an article basically saying that Brian Kelt, that Marcus Freeman needs to be the next head coach at Notre Dame. And that was two parts. That was part my belief that he needed to be the next head coach, but also partly because you were already hearing rumblings that whether it was going to be this offseason or the next offseason, Brian Kelly was not long for Notre Dame. And that part of the reason Jack Swarbrick brought one that really wanted and was actively involved. And, and Brian Kelly played an important role too. I don't want to demi- I've banged Brian Kelly for the, the, you know, not being really involved in the hires of Chip Long and Mike Elko. And that's, that's what I've been told by all my good sources, but he definitely made a move to bring in Marcus Freeman. He saw the value in that and played a role in that. I don't want to take that away from him, but I'm just telling you right now, that that's someone that Jack Swarbrick also definitely had his eye on. Because what you have to understand about Jack Swarbrick, he does not just sit back and let things happen. He's He's got his own list of candidates. I promise you, if Jack Swarbrick hadn't announced his retirement, I promise you he had a list of candidates he was going to go to if Marcus Freeman did walk. Like He is on top of that kind of stuff. And Marcus Freeman was the guy that he saw as the future head football coach at Notre Dame for a million reasons. I think the only thing that gave him any kind of pause as far as hiring him right away in 2022 was the fact that I don't believe he necessarily anticipated it happening as quickly as he did. Now, I've been told that by the middle of the year, both sides knew they were moving on. But I'm referring to when he hired Marcus Freeman, I don't think he anticipated next offseason I'm promoting him. I think the hope was that he could have a couple years under Brian Kelly, then Kelly leaves, then Marcus takes over. So I think that was the only pause. So this is a guy that they believe in at Notre Dame. This isn't a guy they settled on because they couldn't get this coach, that coach, or the other coach. There was a belief in Marcus Freeman. And he has shown the administration enough in his two years to say, yeah, there's things he's got to prove. There's improvements he's got to make. But this guy has shown that that he's got the chops to do certain things in Notre Dame that we haven't seen before. I've talked about it already. Town acquisition, all those type of things. And, and what the school sees... Here's another little tidbit for you. We went through, and I, we spent weeks doing this, talking to parents and, and the players, trying to get accurate grade point averages for the Notre Dame recruiting class of 2023. And this is when Peyton Bowen was still in the class and, and uh, Jade Lamar was still in the class and Keon Keeley was still in the class. And we went through, so, and this is before Brandon Hillman was in the class, and we went through and got the grade point average. And I think about the talent Keeley five star, Bowen five star. You know, Kenny Kenny Minchie wasn't in the class yet either. But I'm I'm trying to think like Jeremiah Love. We found out his GPA, even though he was not in the class yet, but we we thought he was going to be. Jaden Greathouse, Braylon James, I and mean, there were some highly ranked guys in the class. Charles Jagasaw, and I believe the lowest GPA of any of those kids was a three point two. Here's the point to that: if you're Notre Dame, you're loving this. Because not only is this guy going out and getting big-time football players, but him and Chad Bowden, he's got, they're bringing in legitimate student athletes to Notre Dame, something that people said you can't do. That's another reason, because Marcus Freeman understands that the whole shopping down a different aisle thing has some merit to it, but what Brian Kelly meant by a different aisle was a little bit different. 
Marcus Freeman says, I'm going down the same aisle that Alabama's going down. I'm going down the same aisle that Georgia's going down. I'm going down the same aisle that Ohio State and Clemson and Oregon and Texas are going down. But here's the difference. There are some things in this aisle that we can't get. But I promise you there's big-time additions in this aisle. But we got to fight for them. We got to work for them. And Marcus Freeman's willing to fight for him. Chad Bowden's willing to fight for him. Mike Mickens is willing to fight for him. Al Washington's willing to fight for him. Dylan McCullough's willing to fight for him. Mike Denbrock will be willing to fight for him. And the school loves that. They see this. They see that Marcus Freeman is tearing down all these erected statues of excuse-making that were built up at Notre Dame for the last 30 years by everyone other than Charlie Weiss. He's just tearing them down, just laying siege to them. That's bullcrap. That's false. That's a cop-out. That's an excuse. We're going to show you that it can be done. And Notre Dame sees that. And that's a partly why there's a commitment, too, because these are still business people. They're not going to commit, they're not going to commit millions and millions of dollars to a coach they don't believe has what it takes to win. But they believe that Freeman has that. And you combine that with the new TV deal, the new apparel deal. This is a school that is showing a greater willingness to spend money on coaching staff, facilities, a support staff, collective NIL stuff. There's a lot of money being thrown into the Notre Dame around in the Notre Dame program right now, which is why you're not seeing Notre Dame losing starters to the portal the way that other people are. You're just not. And it's an exciting thing uh, to, to be a part of, in my opinion. And so that's another big reason why you're seeing the support at Notre Dame. And that support is a big reason why I don't think Marcus Freeman has any desire to go anywhere. And it, whether that's Bama, Texas, Florida state, Washington, or Ohio state, I think Marcus Freeman is bought in to being university of Notre Dame. I expect Jim Harbaugh to leave. I'll talk about that again later. That's going to create another group of dominoes. That's going to, that you're going to hear Marcus Freeman's name thrown around in. I'm just saying I would be shocked if any of that was true based on all the things I've heard over the last several months about where Marcus Freeman's head is at, what he is envisioning, and just what he wants to accomplish and the fact that he wants to – he doesn't want to just win a championship. Marcus Freeman, from everything I've been told, for months before all this stuff came up, is he wants to win a championship here. He understands the uniqueness of doing it here. And that's a very, very important thing. And it's why you're just not going to see his name, in my opinion, legitimately linked to any jobs. You're going to see it happen, though, a lot where his name is a, here's the candidates for this job. And I just, I, I'll be shocked if it if it happens in the current circumstance of what's going on at Notre Dame. So that's my that's my take on Marcus Freeman and Alabama and all this coaching portal stuff. And I'm hoping that I can alleviate some of the angst that I know some of you are going to have when the dominoes start to fall and Marcus Freeman's name gets thrown around again. This will, this will, again, I don't know this for a fact, but I'm, I'm pretty confident that this won't be the last job that Marcus Freeman's name is mentioned for this off season. I'm hoping that I can really alleviate some of your angst to know that most of the uh, 99 times out of a hundred, when his name's thrown around, that's not coming from Marcus Freeman. That may be a school likes Marcus Freeman and wants to pursue Marcus Freeman, but it's not going to be a situation, in my opinion, from what I know and what I've been told, that you know that that he's looking, right? I mean, somebody can check you out, 
But if you're a married man, then you can check me out all you want, but I'm committed to this. I have no interest in that. Can't stop people from looking, but you can make sure that you're not looking. And right now, I don't believe he's looking. And so that's something that Notre Dame fans hopefully can take a little bit of um, a little bit of encouragement from. We're going to go to talk about the portal next, folks. But before we do, do me a favor. Hit that like button. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the notification bell. Share this podcast. If you're listening via podcast platform, do us a solid and give us a five-star review. And if you have not done so, if you have not done so, folks, you got to sign up for the message boards at boards.archbreakdown.com. We have a lot of great conversation going on right now. We had a staff meeting today about some things we have planned for this year on the message board and things we can do. You know, one of our plans, we haven't solidified everything yet, but what can we do to make that premium product better? So we want to make all of our content better. And we're we're going to have a lot of things going on this year that's going to make our, our YouTube platform better, our podcast platform better, and the content better there. But we always want to make sure that the the premium message board is where a lot of the, con, the the best stuff is going and unique stuff is going. So there's always going to be things there that you're just not going to get anywhere else at Irish Breakdown. You're not going to get on the main site. You're not going to get on the podcast. You're not going to get on the YouTube channel. So you're de- there's definitely value to that. If someone's like, well, if I listen to the podcast and I'm and I read all the articles, what do I really need the message board for? I promise you, there's a lot of value to that that you're just not getting anywhere else. And I don't mean anywhere else like we're better than this site or that site. I don't. That's not what I want to get into. I don't. I don't know what's out there. I know what we're doing at Irish Breakdown. I just mean as far as things that you're going to get that you can't find on any other Irish Breakdown platforms. So definitely, definitely ma- value to being on the IB message board. <laughs> Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. 
Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.